0: And again, I appreciate your flexibility, your patience, and I'm excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much. This is kind of overdue. I-, I wish Jasmine could have been here. You know, she loves you so much. Uh, you're a podcast partner. So she, yeah.
0: Yes, really? Oh, man. So yes, we'll have to do a take two in the future and have a really good conversation about maybe some throwback topics or artists or you know just things in that nature because i know that's what y'all specialize in
1: absolutely and i think you you kind of have you share some sentiments about some of those things so if there is something that piques your interest that you ever want to discuss this nostalgia base please feel free to hit us up we are literally doing nothing
0: Good to know because that's me the majority of the time, too. And so, thank you again for joining me, Tammy, on Tea with Tammy. I have today with me JD Silverthorn, aka Mr. B side. Is that correct? Yeah, that's me.
1: That's right. I, I <laughs> DJ, I DJ like a tour a little bit, and I, I do it under that moniker because I'm also very, um, what's the word? I have imposter syndrome. Mm. So I kind of have to just be a different person when I do those things. I'm not that outgoing. But when I go out and I DJ and I host things, I'm like a super fun guy. Right now, I'm a fun guy. This is Mr. B-side right now. (laughs) JD Silverthorne doesn't talk much. (laughs) I promise.
0: Really? I just don't see that because I feel like conversation is so natural for you. And as soon as you hopped on the call with me, it was just like – It was just natural. It was just genuine, and it just flows. So for you to say that you're not really the, like outgoing, that's surprising.
1: You know, it's weird. It's sort of like a complex. You know, there's a little bit of both of those energies in me at all times. I can tap into it when necessary, but I just I know at my core, being alone is like the most comfortable space for me. But I'm good at this, and I'm great. Mm. I'm grateful you know i study communications too so it does help that like i i had teachers to qualify Man. some of this stuff but <laughs> but outside of that well, thank you for like making it sound like it's a good degree. Like it's not that great of a
0: degree. Listen, just... we're right here because <laughs> I have the same one. So we're we're in the same boat. I have a degree in mass communications, emphasis in electronic media, whatever that means. But in you're my head. You're doing that right
1: now. You're right, doing exactly. That right it's now. just
0: communicating to the masses over electronics. And so, yes, you're exactly right. That's what we're doing now.
1: <laughs> that is exactly what's happening. I, I keep joking that. If we had to pay our student loans back based in the value of the degree at the moment, mm. I'd be happy to do that. I got twenty five dollars right now. What? I could pay. I could pay back. I could pay off the value of this degree. I mean, I don't know if I could pay off the schooling, but the value of the degree. Yeah, I got a hundred dollars ish, something like something like that. They yeah, don't go I'm too right, far man. these days. They don't go too far. <laughs> yeah, but let's get yeah. into it. I'm, I'm so glad to be here.
0: Yes, because I tweeted out the other day that I just needed someone who was a fan of comedy that would be willing to come on Tea with Tammy and discuss the new special from Dave Chappelle titled The Closer. So, The Closer, if you don't know what it is and you're listening, is the third and final Netflix special from Dave Chappelle with his Netflix partnership slash deal that he has Mm -hmm, with mm them. And so, this final special titled The Closer, great title... Love it. One hour, 12 minutes, and I'm going to just jump out the window and say that it's the most controversial (laughs) and has received the most backlash. And so, JD, aka Mr. B side, did you enjoy this special?
1: So, here's the thing I'll say yes and no, mostly because once the energy of people's opinions kind of gets on you, Mm -hmm. There's a stench No matter Mm -hmm. what Like no matter what Which is part of the reason why I feel like Twitter at times can be like Whoa If I'm going to process this art The way that it's intended I need to go in completely free of thought So I have to avoid my phone Until I get a chance to see this special And I did not do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge mistake on my end Because I think I knew better Because I knew Chappelle was heading in this Controversial direction Mm -hmm. So what I will say is it was it was what I expected of him, but I can sense some age on his ideas now that it might be drawing a little bit of a rift between you know me and my super fandom of who he is and has been to us um but not a how do I put this? I would say that we need to always fully understand that people believe and do things we don't like, even if we love them. Mm -hmm. And he falls along the lines of somebody that I love and respect that has a problem right now.
0: Yes. Yes. And so let me take a little sidestep to ask you a question. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you?
1: Thirty years old. Uh, people say young. It's a lie, right? <laughs> people say I'm thirty years. People say an old number year young. If you have to say the opposite of what is the norm, you know you're trying to convince people of youth, right? Okay, yeah, no, I'm thirty years old. <laughs> I'm okay. secure in that.
0: Okay. And and that's fine because I'm 29. I'm 30 soon. And so again, same boat. I'm glad we're paddling together. And so I ask that because I feel like we are both in a position to where we understand where he comes from, but Mm -hmm. we value and appreciate where we're going as a society. And so it's like this crossroads of respecting the talent but Mm -hmm. not agreeing with the tone because we're we're in a different time and i want to assume that you're you're kind of more on the maybe i don't want i don't know if you get offended by this word some people do but like liberal or I'm, i'm
1: actually pissed no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely have very, very far left ideas for sure.
0: Okay, okay. And so I feel like we are both in that awkward position to where we understand, but it makes us feel uncomfortable. And so that is a perfect transition into the actual backlash of this special. And so. From this special, the LGBTQIA plus community was upset from specific things that were mentioned in the special. One of them being Dave Chappelle experiencing a fight with a woman, him trying to, if you will, quote unquote, cape for the baby, him agreeing with, and if you will, standing with JK Rowling. Ugh. Yo. And then also saying that trans make up things to get their point across. And then also comparing a lot of different people's ca- oppression where people say that's him pitting minorities against each other. So with all of those different types of backlash, do you see where people are coming from? Or are you on the side of there is a bigger message and people didn't hear it?
1: So I think it's really unique to credit somebody for a message that is sweeping of demographics. One person, mm. see, because that that to me is gatekeeping. Even if he was saying things I believed in, one man doing that for my community is not something I believe in. Uh, the best man it could have been, you know, Barack Obama. I mean, I, I'm just using him as an example. But of course, there's not a black man. That should be making sweeping judgments for communities at all. Um, mm-hmm. So when it comes down to things like, let's get this greater message. That will never be my guys from any human being. Thankfully, but I will say, you mentioned the backlash, and I had this this crazy note about the fact that he mentioned the baby, the babies used in this metaphor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and throughout. The course of stand-up specials. So many pivotal figures have been used for premises, you know, for big jokes. These are huge political and social figures. These are Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, George Bill Bush, Bill Cosby, Bill Clinton. These people are historical figures, all very high charisma, redemption redemption characters to most for some reason. They've contributed so much to society that it's hard to negate their influence Mm -hmm. the baby is not on that list Mm -hmm. he doesn't he hasn't done enough work for the premise of the joke so my biggest issue there was like okay you're about to make a bad point with a bad premise and a figure who hasn't proved him proven himself to be a redemption figure anyway because 10 years from now what does the baby joke sound like That's one note, but of course the backlash had to exist because Dave Chappelle would likely consider himself to be extremely pro-black. Yes. And my issue, my biggest issue when it comes down to to African Americans making these kind of points, is that there's too much cross section. What do you say to Black trans people? about this. What do you say to them? Like they they have a combination of identity that they have to deal with in the world. You want them to be themselves. But if for some reason I'm a black person and I ostracize black trans or black gay people, I'm anti-black then at that point. I mean, it it, it almost It seems simple almost, you know? And at that point, you're like, okay, so who's the supremacist here? Like, I know you're not white, but you're using your power to oppress another group of people. Mm -hmm. What do you call that? Because he taught me that, honestly. I didn't know what white supremacy was until the Chappelle show. Mm. And now I'm having to watch him ostracize other black people who live their lives differently from us. As if for some reason, him choosing to be black meant that he gets to decide who all gets let in from that point on.
0: Do you see the viewpoint of people saying that instead of ostracizing like a gay black man or a gay black girl or a black trans person, that he is? more so protecting all of them or uplifting all of them because they're all black first because Dave Chabelle explicitly says, you know, I'm not against you all. The person I truly hate is white people because that's our, our true oppressor. And it's, it's kind of ironic or laughable as he'll probably put it that, we can still be fighting for our rights and yet y'all just so easily get things done (laughs) and Mm. makeshift and shift things and come up with new terminologies as years, you know, approach.
1: I think that we have a core issue here with recognizing that these are not the exact same fight. And I don't think we need to compare and contrast at all. I think Mm -hmm. him having to bring them into the conversation about why we haven't gotten what we need from America as black people, why can't we do that first and then worry about, I mean, whatever else after the fact, like, why is it that trans people, have been able to get so much accomplished and Black people, I guess he's saying, haven't over the course of time. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a um, a false equivocation in a major way. And I think that the optics on how these things happened and took place are just wildly distorted. Um, so it's
0: there's true. there's validity in the backlash of saying that there's people who think that Dave Chappelle is inciting minorities to be pitted against each other.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's actually doing that, but in turn he is, incidentally. I think there's an underlying problem here. It wasn't intentional.
0: but It wasn't
1: intentional. Yeah, the fact that he feels like he needs to have the conversation. It's kind of like, you know, uh, Sarah Silverman once said, if you never tell a child they can be anything, they never believe that they they couldn't, it's Mm -hmm. you having put it in their head that they can be anything. It's like, why would you say that? Why would you say I can be anything? Was that something that was not already true? Because yeah. I had no idea. And with phrases like, Black people haven't gotten these things done yet, and yet the trans community has been able to get all of this done, you're creating like the psychosis. Yeah, yeah you're, yeah, you're creating the psychosis behind the backlash right there. Um, people used to go on Facebook during police brutality situations and say stuff like, white people like dogs more than they like black people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why dogs had to catch a stray there. Dogs <laughs> didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, the, the dogs were chilling. Like it's, it's crazy to me. Their own. <laughs> yeah. They were living their own life. Like the fact that your brain automatically goes into a defense mode where you have to figure out what the hierarchy is, is a huge part of the problem. That's supremacy within itself. He's also falling into a supremacy system where he thinks that these things have to happen in a specific time, in a specific way, because who's to say how this actually works reparations. What does that look like? When does it come? I'm a, I'm a fan, but Mm. I don't want Dave Chappelle to write the bill by himself.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, like I don't think he's going to be the person that says the thing that changes the world forever for black people by himself. I think it'll have to be a collective experience when the time comes. And, when the time comes, it's crazy to not include the LGBTQIA plus community in that conversation.
0: So I definitely agree with the like validity of the backlash behind the baby not being the best premise for a joke, and then Terrible I also premise. agree with the fact that it may not have been intentional, but. Minorities are being pitted against each other when it comes to, like, this oppression war. Like, who's been oppressed more and who should have justice first? It's weird. So, it Like, it puts me in a weird position. And, like, I think he means well, but it's just delivered poorly.
1: Well, it seems a little bit like an obsession at this point. Because, I mean, we've got two out of three of these specials are, like heavy on the lgbtqia community it's it's a Mm -hmm. little weird i think to just and i mean i don't like the notion of really intelligent and powerful black men seemingly wanting to also live in a society where heterosexual black men is the only way to be Mm -hmm. but he unfortunately it does breed that energy it does kind of give you like hey you know If you're not a black man, then I I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) You got to be a straight black man for me to respect anything that comes out of your mouth. It just seems a little bit like he might be on, I I would say, the outskirts of a list of people who may not listen to black women as well
0: often. Mm, Like he, he may hang out with Lil
1: Boosie. Is he, 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 he's giving me like <laughs> T.I. Boosie energy You know that like right. like pre- Predator adjacent uh, yeah. Click of people Yeah you're like oh, I don't know that you're a predator But they're predator adjacent Like they might right. be We haven't decided it <laughs> how, how real it is But he gives me that energy Mostly because I mean I, I, It's not fair to say that Because he has an Asian wife You know that Kind of feeds into it But it does go without saying That I'm, how How much work you have with Chappelle and black women on your that you can think of? Like like a lot of them, like a decent amount of black women in his projects and right. stuff that he's done. Friends on podcast, anything. Like, I mean, he's got podcasts with friends all around. And his podcast, I love it by the way. He's so smart. I think that Chappelle's a genius. Um, but he's got a podcast on Luminary with Talib Quali, Most mm-hmm. Deaf, and you know, comedians stop in, Bill Burr and Kevin Hart and Michelle Wolf which is cool but i mean out of 10 episodes no conversations with a black female comic of any kind not even in the room like i mean i just i don't know how that happened whenever you have this power to call whomever you want to be on and he did and whomever he wanted for 10 episodes excellently excellently produced and impeccably organized such a great show love it no i mean i I may have heard a woman's voice three times in the Mm. entire 10 episodes and it was literally to piggyback on something or to fact check something that they didn't know like a like a producer kind of thing where it's like a yeah when was that somebody yelling 1996 like like something like that i there's something to that and i think it needs to be addressed because that's sort of Part of a, a larger narrative where I just want to be sure that we can save him from himself before he, like, I'd argue that that Cosby bred energy that led to his, you know, fall before we got to that point. Like, he was given energy like, oh, you're ostracizing yourself. What's wrong with you? Why are you, why are you mm-hmm. so mean to black kids? What's wrong with rap? Why are you doing this? You seem obsessed with something. Like, you're old and you're committing to not understanding the youth. What is the matter with you? To the point where, whenever he became an island, all of his really nasty, you know, traits were easily discovered. He didn't even have the people around him to protect him from that nasty shit. Right. I think like, they could <laughs> just call it a red flag.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was red. Yeah, he had
1: he had all these red flags for being a crazy narcissist. And you know, crazy, crazy narcissists are people who do you know deviant things sometimes and fall into those heavy. Right. Um, and I, I don't believe that Chappelle's done anything like that, but I'm looking to see what of the people I respect and admire would give me inkling to believe that they may be less than savory people mm-hmm. to populations that I care about. And I think I think he's getting somewhere close to, to being one of those people.
0: He's definitely Stepped his, or you know, tipped his toe in to that type of dangerous pool of unsavory that you're mentioning. And there is a slight comparison that you've mentioned, and it's that subs- obsession like characteristic that he has where, like you said, it seems like he's a little too obsessed with the LGBTQIA plus community. And so do you think Dave is baiting for outrage? Cause that is like a big question. Like, is this intentional? Hmm. Did he want this backlash?
1: You know, it would, the fact that he's not more hyper focused on fixing problems with his talent for black people as a whole still because that was that was his baseline you know like Chappelle's show and Killing Me Softly and all that stuff his his humor is smart and pro-black true blue and has been you know since we've known him right goes to Africa he comes back and settles himself you can tell he's got this you know, sort of innate desire to be on stage and it starts coming back to life again. And we all have been enjoying it this entire time, but there's been a pivot since he came back from Africa to really not getting that into what's actually wrong. Mm. You know, like, I don't feel like I hear any jokes from him about equity about, you know, like socioeconomic status, that's like what's, what's more important than Black people being poor, you know, like right now? Like, why are we even talking about people who live their lives in a way that is technically victimless? You know, it's victimless. People like, if somebody is transgendered and they went in and got an operation, they did whatever they wanted to do, they were with whoever they wanted to love, how does this negatively affect the Black community for real? Why, no. why did we? Yeah, why did we even get to a point where that might even be uh, a conversation worth having? Because that's not helping us in, in the White House. It's not helping us. I mean, quite frankly, between him and Kanye West, one of these two people did more <laughs> politically in the past few years, and it's Kanye. And I mean, I don't agree what he did, but it's true.
0: Right. Hmm.
1: I didn't so, expect that.
0: Right. Yeah, and
1: ugh, me either. Kim Kardashian got somebody out of jail. Kim Kardashian got a nigga out of jail. (laughs) Like, we cannot forget that Chappelle didn't do that.
0: Right. And a lot of people were calling for Dave Chappelle to take more accountability. And I think that's like a piece of it where... They want him to be accountable for the content that he's putting out, but being yes. more self-aware of like the bigger, bigger picture that you're painting for us right now. Cause you're like, what what is more important than black people being poor or you know, disadvantaged? And that's the not, nothing's more that important looking for.
1: <laughs> exactly. I should not be leaning on Bernie Sanders being the only person who's going to say the things I need people to say about money. He's going to die at some point. And I need somebody to start saying things that are better than what I'm getting from my black greats right now. Um, I mean, and I mean that in like a, a very deep way because I have this same disconnect with like a lot of super rich um, black celebrities that I've been fans of all the way up until the pandemic. And I realized exactly how, how far from each other we were like in the world, like just in the world that we live on a daily basis. I don't listen to Drake like I used to anymore because I don't think he and I share anywhere near the same lifestyle. And I don't even think that it's, it's, it's attainable as it once was. (laughs) Like, like, I'm just like, oh, you know, you're really far off, dude. Like, Kill it! This music is for niggas like you, which is great. <laughs> you know, like that's all I got for it. Like it's great, but Chappelle is kind of reaching that that point too, where I'm like, man, you, you're just so rich that you're you're really just going to waste your time attacking people at this point. Like this is where we are. Like, why are you not being the foot soldier that you were before? Because Chappelle's show had the kind of influence that did change elections. It did, and it might still change elections, just in the sense that so many black kids would have never decided to study or learn about politics without him. That same guy has got us here now. That same guy that like that kind of had you like googling some of this stuff that you were like, "I, I don't know who's running for president." Like, we, we were in high school and middle school when Chappelle's show was on. It was still the shit. It was the hottest thing. On the block, everywhere you went, people were talking about Chappelle's show. And as kids, you always quote the things that make the most sense to you. But it didn't mean you didn't see the George Bush oil sketch and the the yellow cake, you know, and the black white supremacist stuff that might have like required you to be like, "What is, what is he talking about?" <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know what this man is talking about. I'm 13. This is kind of intense. But it doesn't mean that that did not happen for so many of us. We were like huh, is that what happens? Like, I mean, like there's a few times where I asked my mom, I was like, "This Kunta Kinte sketch. I haven't seen Roots. What's what's the parallels here? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> right. and, and then I watched Roots, you know, stuff like that. That's how, that's how what art is supposed to do. Art is really supposed to inspire you to educate yourself in a way where you can help create your own identity to navigate the world. And I don't think hate ever precedes that, ever. I don't think if you're doing anything Um, that might put somebody down, it's ever inspiring, and it ever makes somebody a better person.
0: Did Dave Chappelle incite violence to the LGBTQIA community?
1: I don't think so. Inciting violence to me requires a little bit more than that. Um, I mean, maybe because... Maybe because... The form that he gave it to us in, the fact that they're supposed to be jokes, I would consider it not inciting violence. Mm -hmm. Um, But there have been times where I recognized, this is weird to say, but Donald Trump's charisma being misconstrued because he didn't realize he's not just on a talk show. And people were like, oh, right, so you want us to... He wants to go to the White House. <laughs> like, you know, like, he incited violence. And, I mean, it's very possible that in his head he was chapelling. <laughs> no, right. like, it's possible he was just chapelling. And he was like, well, you know, I'm a celebrity. I say stuff. You know, sometimes I embellish, <laughs> you know. And I just feel like because he gave it to us in a true form of comedy, I wouldn't consider it inciting. But, uh, you know, you are you have a responsibility things you put out into the world, even in that form. So one of my biggest caveats with all of this material, and I was telling people, was that it would have been great material for him stopping in the cellar. Like If I had seen all this stuff worked out like at shows, in front of live audiences, with our phones in our bags, or whatever people do when they hear comedy now, Mm -hmm. um, I would have thought a lot of this was material he's working through in his head. And I would have been able to, to digest it in more of a lighthearted, like, okay, well, it's your job to turn things on their head and give us a new perspective. And you did that. Some of that shit wasn't cool. It was kind of nasty to people that I don't think you know deserved it. But you're finding your way. And wherever you land, I trust you. That's not what happened here because again, the content is not worth a special. It's it's content. I'm not saying the jokes could not be told anywhere. They should not be told on Netflix.
0: I will say and agree that out of the three Netflix, you know, specials, this seems the least polished. And the first telltale was that the baby joke. Because as soon as I heard the trailer or saw the trailer and heard him mention the baby, I was like, "Wait, hold up, the rapper?" Because right, like you said before, like he hasn't done a enough to be mentioned in one of your specials and so i was like i don't know where dave is going with this
1: people walk around every day to this day quoting raw and delirious to like the ends of the earth Mm -hmm. i mean it's been 30 plus years and you can't get rid of some of that stuff and every day eddie murphy actually has to live with the fact that a lot of that stuff is extremely homophobic too You know, he's come out and said that, you know, he regrets it and that it was like, you know, just he was 19 years old. And we are able to see that with that lens, mostly because of the accountability. That's all we got on it. It's an accountability thing because, I mean, raw and delirious, like I said, classic specials got a lot of stuff in there that is not redeemable. You cringe at some of that shit because it's like, whoa. Like you're you trying to go into Hollywood and you're you're talking about gay people like this, like you know you're going to cross paths, something. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just do that. Um, and it seems kind of obsessive then too. Honestly, if you look at them, you'll be like, "What's this guy's problem? Like, what what are you doing? Like, how how insane is it that you're dressed that way and you're calling people the f word in the audience? Like, that's like that's something that's sensible. It's crazy." Um, but he he grew past it and he took accountability i mean a while back but again those specials are legendary and they they matter forever so so 20 30 years from now granted i'm sure i don't know how we're going to package the stuff that came out on Netflix for us to be looking back at in the future i don't know if we're just gonna keep giving them twenty dollars a month until we die, which I think that might be the case actually. But right. <laughs> I don't know what happens forty years from now. I don't know how we refer back to content, honestly. But I don't think that any of the three that he dropped on this in this run are gonna have any headway in anybody's top anything. Mm. And he's still a legendary comic, but did he understand the assignment? With this deal, absolutely not.
0: Man, Dave did not understand the assignment. And it's so disheartening because he refers to himself, even in the special, as the GOAT. And you would think that if this is going to be the closer, it's going to be Bullseye. And it didn't feel that way. It wasn't received that way. And a lot of Netflix employees spoke out against it. Um, they did say that this special or this release did incite some type of violence. I am going to agree with you and say that I disagree. I think he would have had to say a little bit more and be a little bit more intentional
1: right? Um, right. for
0: that to be inciting violence. But I will say, I agree with the fact that trans or just the community as a whole should have been involved Um, especially if they're employees of Netflix with the release of this. I always think that if there is something heavy um, towards one community that you need to bring that community in the room Mm -hmm. so you can then have that, I don't want to say cosign because it just sounds corny, but, you know, just have that, that extra assurance that you're going in the right direction.
1: It's a basic level of consideration for one's employees. Really? It it doesn't, It doesn't take much for somebody to say, hey, and I'll make this in a black situation as a black metaphor. If you were at your job Mm -hmm. and somebody said, hey, today um, Donald Trump is coming in. I want all of you (laughs) to shake his hand for a photo opportunity. I mean, and for some reason, of course, you're not a fan. I have to open my mind up to understand that you may be a uh, black Trump supporter. but I'm not. yeah, well, yeah, not you. I, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm like, I, my mind my, mind, my mind, doesn't it doesn't open that much. I like, <laughs> but but I mean, for those listening, you know, because I mean, I, I there's no way I want to see any eye to eye on that. But the basic lack of consideration that you would consider of a company that would do something like that, you, I mean, it would be worth you walking out as a black person or quitting. You know, you'd be on Twitter talking about it for sure, and you'd be getting rallied up enough to do something. Um, so whenever you think about it that way, and and granted, it's possible that Chappelle isn't, because he does keep referring to so many things as imaginary. Um, <laughs> but when you think about it that way, all you see is that you've hurt someone, right? Like, I mean, as a human being, before everything, before you're Dave Chappelle, before you have money, before you have Comedy Central, before anything's happened, and you see a person on the street and you don't know who they are, how likely is it that you're going to be okay just ostracizing them for the hell of it? (laughs) Like, just for the hell of it. It would make you sort of a shitty person. I think most people would agree. And it's every single person who's offended by something that is to their core hurting who they are and their identity feels that way every time they hear something like that. I And that's just a fact. As a black person, I can tell you loose niggas offend me. When I hear <laughs> a loose nigga in the street, it bothers me. I don't know why a white person said it to the other person, but yo, both of y'all deserve your asses beat whether you were talking to me or not. Facts. And I feel like that, Dave Chappelle is completely like disregarded the notion of that. Because I mean, what he did essentially was yell "nigger" across the street. <laughs> you know, like he he had a whole bunch of strays. So so many strays. So many people who had no nothing to do with this got hurt. And and now I, you have to question who you are as an ally because I didn't I didn't boycott Netflix. Um, I saw that that was going viral, and I generally always. Dig deep enough to decide where I stand before I boycott anything. Like I need to figure out exactly why we're doing this and what for. Blah say, blah blah. Mm-hmm. But not only did I not boycott, and it was not you know great allyship, but I also didn't have to research because I already knew better. Mm-hmm. I knew it was offensive. There was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing to research, and if it's going to be that glaring. I don't know. He's got to take accountability for how glaring it is because it means the jokes weren't tightly wound enough for you to hide the bigotry. Mm, The
0: bigotry. And so that definitely outlines the, the main reason why people are outraged because people keep asking the question, did Dave Chappelle cross a line? And so if I were to ask you, it's yes.
1: It's very clear, and and you mentioned earlier about it being his his closer and him referring to himself as the GOAT. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm pro-confidence when it comes down to things of that nature. It takes a lot of confidence to perform. Um, I, I do think a lot about what it sounds like when you're confident and, let's say, an optimist or somebody who's interested in learning. Versus being confident and being a narcissist <laughs> and somebody who does think that they've got most things, if not all, figured out. Uh, and I think he's just hitting that mark of the narcissism. I remember Pryor's last stuff, and it's all so eloquently open-ended about things that he used to say and used to think and used to joke about that he realized weren't that funny. Because it was serious shit that was hurting people, not what he was saying, just the jokes themselves. Like he would talk about poverty and nigga and 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 all these things that were politically pivotal of his era. And at the end, he closed it out with thoughts about how we can sort of shift the narrative into a more progressive, loving nature. And then he proceeded to get sick. And he passed away. And that's my standard of closer now. My standard for a comedian is somebody who has chosen to survey the world and has taken on the responsibility of offering critique for money is that we grow into a more welcoming space. It is the exact opposite direction that he went in as far as I'm concerned. If this is actually his closer, I think he's actually going to Jay-Z and, you know, come back wearing the four or five or whatever. You know?
0: <laughs> I agree. I feel like this isn't, like, the last of Dave Chappelle. Like, this isn't the official closer. He will definitely be back. But what do you say to people who are like... Is it ironic or isn't it sad that more black people are willing to boycott Netflix now for the LGBTQI community? But when Monique wanted us to vote, uh, you know, to to boycott as a black woman, we was like, nah, we like Netflix. (laughs) There's lots of movies on there. I still need to watch. Is is oh, wow. is that kind of like the bigger purpose that Dave Chappelle was trying to give us?
1: Oh, this isn't condescending to say how good at this you are, but you were really good at this. Like, I, like, <laughs> like that's so really was so good. Um, that's great because I I really I remember being kind of on Monique's side about that um, off rip. And Monique does sometimes leave a little bit to be desired about the way she speaks about the black community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's a polarizing figure, to be, to be fair. Like it's not as if for some reason the the crowdsourcing level of support we've all had as a community for Monique has been anywhere near Chappelle's. Right. Um, and it's not because she's not an amazing Comedian and woman because she definitely is. She makes me laugh. I mean, if I was going to rank black female comedians, she's top five, probably three.
0: Yeah, she's okay. up um,
1: there. Yeah, she's very, very up there. But what I will say is that looks so much like her being, you know, having too much dip on her chip, mm. and it was so easy to do for Chappelle without him even. oh Wow. I mean, you you just you said something so crazy about how innate and easy it was for this for this Chappelle level of a problem to be big without any real formal. Hey, this is a problem. We just knew it was, and it was because he's got that kind of weight, and we had to be on the drawing board with Monique for so long and didn't, I mean, I don't think, I don't think anybody boycotted. Monique may have been the only person. I <laughs> You're right. You're right,
0: you're right. Uh, Monique
1: didn't watch Netflix for like weeks. Like I just, I mean, she was probably just sitting somewhere. Like, I'm so sad. Everybody can't watch Netflix anymore. And we were all just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea, but um, that is a shame. And, and when it comes down to, to how we see black women, in society, it does seem anything above them being attracted to us seems a little hysterical. Like, if you're not, like, if we can't sort of digest you in a look, <laughs> like, with our eyes, if whatever you want to be isn't immediate for us and you want to say things, I don't know about that. It seems like a lot. Like, you want us to to boycott Netflix? Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she was asking for a lot and I agree. It felt like a lot of dip on her chip when it came to like the bigger fight. Like I was just like, mm, I don't know if this is exactly what you're labeling this movement as. I don't know if this is just, just like a you know, a one-off because of who you are and what decisions you decided to make in previous projects.
1: (laughs) And And, so- And did you believe her? Did you believe that, that, that she actually had that problem? I think a big issue with that also was the fact that there wasn't a lot of press done about the actual logistics of what happened. It was just her. Right. So, I mean, it was, it was a word of mouth situation as well. So I think that that really didn't work in her favor because, I mean, Monique sort of looks like that man that she's with. Doesn't it sometimes seem a little mm. like people talk about that, right? Is that a thing? Am I joking? Am, am I lying about well, the, the fact the that Monique that she and her calls man Daddy? have a weird- yeah, they have a weird dynamic, right? It's it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that that kind of also plays a role into it because I think to some level she gives conservatorship energy, <laughs> like she yeah. gives. Yeah, she gives like you know a man told me to tell you all this. Like she gives that kind of energy.
0: The only reason why I would say it's not that energy is the interaction that she had with Steve Harvey on the Steve Harvey Show, the talk show. Whoa! And yeah, how she, she kind of checked him, yeah, yeah, because he was kind of. And, you know, I'm par- a paraphrasing in a short phrase of saying, you know, you you should have just sat down and accepted what they gave you. Um, You kind of should have just shut up and ate your food. And mm. she's just like, how dare you? And how she like checked him on his own show in front of his audience. I was like, yeah, no, you're not. Any- like no one's
1: forcing you to do anything. <laughs> you, you're absolutely right. And I, she was spot on. At that level and it's part of what makes her genius as is because I, I watched that and i was like yeah you should definitely tell steve harvey to mind his damn business i don't <laughs> right. know why i don't know why we got here like i mean like I, this man he's made a, a really decent career out of being in women's business to some level also <laughs> um but he does a, he does a good job like you know what he did that Chappelle didn't do he right. does do it but it is ingrained in the jokes in a way where it does seem very subtle but he's super misogynistic about a lot of things and we just let it slide um, but when Monique did do that it did remind me how often I've seen interviews where women have had to say now would you ask a man that and mm-hmm. it's been decades on decades and decades like in most of those videos you see them and it's like oh I'm watching this now in 2020 and Monique's like and that wasn't 2020 I was like 2019, 18 maybe but I'm watching this now thinking about when I watched this in lesser definition with another woman who had the same problem. <laughs> and then like in the 90s, I saw a video where a woman said the same thing in an interview like this. It seems like men have been very, very great at interviewing women about anything ever. This is not, it's not what we do well at all. And maybe that's why Chappelle didn't have any women on his podcast. He didn't know what to say. Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, hey, it was very telling. As for the environment, like it's like the saying, uh, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And so if I don't see you interacting or networking or around any black woman or women, red flag.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a huge red flag for a lot of reasons because, and this is a little pick me. I mean, I know that's a phrase, <laughs> right? But here's the thing. To be pick me means I would want to be picked and I don't need anybody to choose me. I'm fine. But... <laughs> But what I will say is that, you know, throughout history, Black women have been teachers and protectors of society as a whole, even for white men. Um, And I I don't think it's something that people know well. Like, I don't think people fully understand that, like, Black breastfed white children.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, we have presidents of the United States, you know, who are bred off, you know, Black breasts to technically at some point. You know, that's how that lineage works. And when you think about that and the fact that it's a, a demographic that has not sort of, you know, gotten rid of itself, you guys haven't chosen to just take a back seat to society, not more so than white women, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to see the value and investment because, I mean, black women are the most degreed women in the world. In the world. Degrees. Right. But I mean that's a fact. That's not like an opinion. That is just a simple fact. And and it would make you wonder why you wouldn't want all of those women who have mastered all of this stuff that both black men and white men, and often white women, can't master, in all the rooms. Mm. You guys did all the studying. Nobody else studied in college. <laughs> black women <laughs> studied and nobody else did. Black men got black women to do their homework, white men cheated, white women just showed up. I don't know what else to tell you. That's exactly how that goes. If I need to talk to somebody who actually knows something, my first thought is a black woman, and my second thought is God, and then myself, maybe. I don't really have another layer. I don't think. I don't think I ask anybody else after that. There's no answer after that. Okay. Whatever it is is unanswerable.
0: <laughs> it's well, a mystery less
1: than unknown.
0: Is Dave Chappelle canceled?
1: Well, according to him, cancel culture isn't real. Um,
0: but as things are playing out and headlines are still being made about this special that was released on, what, the 5th? um, Is he canceled?
1: I would say no. Because, again, the format benefits him. Um... That's the only saving grace we have here for brand. this. Right. It's on brand. Yeah, he's very on brand. And I mean, uh, granted, people will tell you, you know, you just shouldn't say things at all that might be controversial. And I know comedian-like logic, it's ingrained in comics to always have something to say. Mm-hmm. Literally, even if you're pulling it out of a dark place, it's worth saying, you know, as a comedian. And I get that notion, actually. I, I think a lot of people that understand comedy also fully understand that what he said is best suited for a conversation like this, maybe, um, where he may have been like, hey, you know, this isn't cool. But canceling wouldn't be the conversation at all if he didn't think this was material worth showing to a quadrillion people. Like, I mean, they they put it in our face. He U two albumed himself being on Netflix is is the U two album of (laughs) you're there, like (laughs) like of all comedy. Like you're there, you're staying there regardless. And I just think there was a big, big misstep in um in how he chose to release the material versus necessary what the material necessarily what the material was. And I feel like he should go back to the drawing board and try to figure out how he can be more concise and fruitful with his um, words.
0: I agree. You definitely opened my eyes and ears to maybe some things I didn't catch the first or second time that I watched this special as for things that could be offensive because I was definitely on the side of you know, the, the bigger picture that he was trying to paint as for, you know, it's, it's white people. That's the oppressor. Mm -hmm. That's the person that we're actually mad at, but there was a lot of missteps and a lot of weird jokes. And like you said, it does seem like a weird obsession. And I know you had alluded to earlier saying that, you know, if, I was an employee of Netflix and I wasn't involved in the conversation or made to feel this way. I would walk out too. And so putting yourself in the shoes of the people that did walk out, I did hear that Dave Chappelle is open to having dialogue with those individuals and other people who are prepped you know, protesting this content, do you think that conversation needs to take place? And what is like the ideal outcome of a conversation between Dave Chappelle and disgruntled Netflix employees, a part of the LGBTQIA plus community?
1: You know, I'm so jaded Uh, about the media that is presented to us, that if I were to see that happen, Chappelle having a conversation with employees of Netflix who identify as trans, and they came to a very quick resolution, I would assume that this was all a scam.
0: (laughs) I would just be like, oh... (laughs) This was, this, is, this is what this was.
1: Yeah, right. y'all were trying to get us all to have a conversation about trans people. And Chappelle was like, I'll do it. <laughs> Let me piss them off real quick. Right. Uh, and I, I could totally... I Unfortunately, I can't get the notion out of my head. But if for some reason that did actually happen and was honest, I think that's the way to go. It's as good as something like this is going to get, you know? And I mean, when I say... As good as it's gonna get, I don't know if I if I think conversations are really, you know what they people always say, if I could just sit down with the president, like what do you what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I say, most of the times when you have conversations that don't involve money, it means nothing to people like that. (laughs) Like you're just gonna be in one ear and out the other. But um, because
0: the specials are made, the checks have been cut. And so that's kind of my question. Okay, have a conversation and what's the resolution? Just take all these specials down? Is that is that the end goal or is mm, there yeah, that sounds like a, a bigger message too. that I'm missing?
1: You know, it would be a great commitment from him or Netflix, whomever, to actually take them down. You know, if that's gonna be the resolve, that would, that would show real effective consideration. Uh, because there's a bottom line there that I know money will be lost. If somebody decides they're going to lose some money like purposefully in the form of accountability, mm-hmm. that's what I require. I mean, I mean like down to a T. I that's it's necessary for me if you're going to make a misstep like what he's done for you to be like, you know, I made a mistake and I'm putting this amount of money on the line for it and I still might not mess with you. I still might not rock with you until like, you know, whoever, however many years later. But if you don't put your money up in some kind of way, then it's kind of null and void for me. Now, I'm not, you know, part of the community. I'm just an ally, so I can't tell them, you know, what might be sufficient, you know, as far as uh, a settlement or a conversation might be had. But I, as a black person, if I were to go into a conversation where somebody with money offended me, I don't think I'd walk out of there with the same amount of money I came in. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure I'd walk, <laughs> I'd walk out of there. I walk out of there, you both relieved and, and considered and with a new leash on life for some reason, and somebody's going to have to put up something. So Netflix and Chappelle choosing to, honestly, if they rehash the deal, like it would be amazing for him to come to a, a great understanding. And he said, you know what? We're going to keep the deal, but I'm going to work on some new material. And it's gonna be about what I'm learning. You could do like a comedian's in coffee, getting cars kind of thing, where he just gets in a car and rides around with a trans person and lets that person <laughs> sell himself as a human being worth not being <laughs> ostracized. You can black like, out like the color blue, just like you actually, fam. Like it's just it doesn't matter. You'd be surprised how many colors we can all still like. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much in common, man. It's like I mean, it would be interesting for me to see him commit in a way where his time or money is being spent.
0: That would definitely be interesting. I I don't see it happening. But final questions. Was there a message from Dave Chappelle in this special? Or did he just all lives matter? a situation and saying like but what about me too when it comes to oppression
1: um there was a message and it falls in line with a lot of your male black friends on Facebook's um biggest caping argument is mm. that there is an attack on black masculinity mm. um and I don't subscribe to attacks on black masculinity at all, but for for the record, but I do. I get why people are saying that, and a lot of it has to do with just black straight men simply being uncomfortable. Not, not, a, not attacks. Yeah. <laughs> just like that's weird. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? That's what you are. It's really. It's that. At the end of the day. um, You know, and for me, it's really easy to say that that's that's his message down the line is that if you're not a black heterosexual male, you don't know oppression like I do. Yeah, that's what he's saying. And I I don't want him to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's false claiming because I think that he's done very well. I think a lot of white and Jewish people opened up doors for him that he let him. I mean, how else do you get there? (laughs) You know, it's how it's done. So I just don't. I don't and I'm going to make this like a little bit more concise, but I remember Chance the Rapper one time filming himself being pulled over by um the police and he was like doing it for safety, right? Mm-hmm. And he was Chance the Rapper. Right. And I remember looking at it and thinking this isn't really his struggle. And I get why he thinks it is. But this cop's just going to see a famous person and he's got his phone recording it like he might be murdered. And people aren't fully understanding that privilege is a huge spectrum and that we all exist in it in some way, shape or form. So maybe, maybe you're not the worst off person on the spectrum or you're not the best off, but you're still somewhere better than another group or cross-section of identity. So whenever Chappelle goes up and pretty much lets us know, hey, being a Black heterosexual male is the hardest thing that you can be. Everybody else should stop capping. That's literally what he's saying. And I want him to understand that he, along with a lot of us, myself included, falls somewhere on the privilege spectrum where we have to be careful about what we say and do also not not necessarily full on white men you know supremacy uh, privilege we're not we're not white privilege but i'm not very poor and i don't struggle with being myself in public spaces because of my sexuality um, or i don't struggle with the notion that i feel like i was born you know as a different gender and i'm trying to figure out those kind of things I as a black person, having fallen on that spectrum, have to be sensitive to those other layers
0: right
1: um for me to to even have a conversation or 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 the, for me to be proud of myself. you know as a person, I have to know that I'm here and I could be there and I need to respect and fight for those people so we all trickle up on you know the equity that this country owes to all of us
0: right. And final question, because it's it's weird to ask, and it's like, not even a question, but it's just, I'll just go ahead and say it. So at the end of the special of The Closer, he mentions his trans friend and tells the story of essentially, and I don't know if you've interpreted this way, but... <laughs> die almost for him <laughs> and it felt like those situations where white people are like, but I have a black friend or yes. you know I have yeah. a, a black cousin and so I couldn't in no way be racist. I kind of wanted to get your interpretation of that joke did it help him did it hurt him was it insensitive because I mean that I googled it and I mean that really if that's a real person that was really his friend mm-hmm. that really died defending him, so I just kind of wanted to get your opinion where there's someone in the community backing him up
1: um so the thing you're absolutely right there's no way to see it where it isn't, but I have a black friend mm-hmm. i don't I don't think there's another interpretation unfortunately because in my head, I want to say you know he's trying to pivot and he's trying to like find some middle ground as everybody does whenever they're being controversial and they're trying to equalize you know mm-hmm. um but whenever he did that you there's no other way I almost again feel very jaded like is this a joke <laughs> like what? is this part of the joke is it part of the joke that you think you having said that joke at the end of this Makes all of this null and void? No, no. There's no way. There's no way. And then part of me is like, okay. So are you obsessed with this because you have a trans friend? And would he appreciate all of? This? <laughs> but like, like, it's so it's so weird that that had to be the way you ended it to secure safety. It sort of gives its own accountability. Like you know you fucked up. If you're even exactly.
0: doing this. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like him ending the show on that note with that joke, it was almost like a last attempt to say like, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't fuck up too bad or I didn't mean to offend too much or I know this is going to hurt or sting really bad. Like he was trying to save face or grasp for that last straw and it didn't sit well with me.
1: That's exactly what it was, and I mean, and it, it didn't sit well with me either. And it's and like I said, I I watched Bill Cosby turn into sort of a uh, a narcissistic, you know, condescending asshole long before he had you know allegations. And I remember even then being a little checked out. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I, why aren't you being fun? <laughs> like, it's not cool. Just be fun. We need that. We really need somebody to be fun again. Like I don't know why you're making this your 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 white whale. Right. You know, and I, my only thought in in his situation, you know, with Cosby having lost his son, um he just associated that murder with, you know, gang culture and rap. Like he just turned to Ronald Reagan like for the rest of, for the bulk of his life. And he has an exact moment to attribute why that hurt him so much. He turned into to that guy. And I just feel like, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist, but it's really hard to not think that there's a pivotal experience for Dave Chappelle that turned him into this person. And he's harboring on it because of this experience, whatever it exactly may be. Because um, I don't think that last joke was exactly it.
0: Agreed. Well, I certainly want to thank you for contributing for such a heavy topic. And I do want to acknowledge that, you know, we are both individuals that aren't a part of the community but we are allies and we did want to do our due diligence to like flesh out this topic and really have a Absolutely. good conversation so we are on the right side <laughs>
1: yeah, ex- ex- i mean my my only deal with myself is to try my hardest to be on the right side of history even if i don't know exactly i have to say that again <laughs> <laughs> I said my only promise to myself is to try my hardest to be on the right side of history, even if we don't know exactly what history is being made. Um mm-hmm. that means having conversations and listening and choosing to always be learning. And um there's no 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 true confidence until, you know, we're we're heading to wherever we're heading. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm on the lines of him and other people trying harder to be open ended about how they speak about things that they don't understand right now. Because history will tell you that no matter what you don't understand, we do have to face it. Yeah. Where do you stand? This is fun, on the
0: though.
1: Right <laughs> Hopefully, on the right side. Hopefully, thank you for having me. Like, this is. I feel so special, so I really appreciate it.
0: No, and I appreciate you, again, for wanting to contribute to such a heavy topic, being flexible with the rescheduling, and again, just putting a lot of effort in really fleshing out this topic and doing your due diligence. So I appreciate you. And just a few more minutes before we wrap up, I just want to do like Mm -hmm. a quick little catch up. I am very curious of how DJ life is post pandemic, (laughs) post COVID. Like, are you doing events in person? Um, Big, large, what type of things do you do?
1: Very back. Um, very back. Um it's it's almost a pandemic within itself having to make up for all of the lost time mm. in this field, I'm realizing. <laughs> um now to be fair, like I, I was pretty sure I was like just bankrupt and I was like, Okay, well this is it. You know, like during during quarantine I said, Well oh. I'm I'm done. Well give me unemployment for that many months. You're just like, Oh this is this is it. I'm in too much debt for me to even consider like mm. choosing something that risky again um but i was really really blessed in the sense that with very little promotion i was able to maintain you know a decent amount of uh, respect and you know credibility within this community um i had to make up a lot of weddings cuz i do a lot of weddings at home um i go on the road and tour for like colleges and you know school wasn't in session so that was hard you know cuz mm-hmm. colleges are my bread and butter like i i probably hit 40 or 50 colleges a year. Um, And they have so much money to play with. It's so crazy. Yeah, so much money to play with. I do two-hour shows sometimes at an Ivy League adjacent school that will remain nameless. And I make something that... I mean, it's it's something you <laughs> dreamed of as a ten year old when you were playing around with music in your room. Um, but I am back, and people, you know, have completely gotten completely fatigued, you know, as to you know what what's going on with COVID. And I mean, probably rightfully so. I guess I guess that's the name of the game now is to just sort of like survival of the fittest. Um, <laughs> and you know, people are dancing, we're having as good of a time as possible. But I am um, plan to do. M- more, I think, next year. I'm going into a break because the winter time is very slow for me. Mm. I'm really excited about the time off. I'm going to day in Vegas, uh, actually, to the festival.
0: oh nice.
1: that, yeah, yeah. So that's going to cap off my my season, and then I'm going to be in the house uh, chilling <laughs> um, until okay, hello. pretty much, yeah, yeah, In the house again. We brought it back. Now I have to watch it now. Because why am I so obsessed with this? It seems like I'm making this whole podcast about in the house. <laughs> And something in the house yeah, do I'm something to, to me. <laughs> Yo, know, it, it comes on this channel, Aspire, which not a lot of people have, but it's a black-owned channel. I just got it um, with oh, direct man. Direct TV streamings app. Uh, direct TV the streaming app has the blackest lineup you can find on those Sling kind of apps. Right, but right. I, BET, her, Aspire, Clio, TV One, and BET. All of them are on there. So like. It's for me and like like Jasmine has my password, which I'm probably putting her on blast, but I don't care. Um <laughs> But like Steve Harvey and Girlfriends and In the House and 101 on one and all of those shows are on incessantly <laughs> throughout the day now. So it's it's been amazing for me. You know, that's all my that's sports for me. I'll just rewatch all that stuff until I die.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. And so I got a taste of the type of venues or events you do. Do you have a favorite DJ? Do you have someone that you like look up to model yourself after or just like enjoyed when you were a kid?
1: Two people. Um, definitely Jazzy Jeff, which is easy to say, um, but he's, I think he's a champion of good friendship. Um mm. And, I mean, everybody I know who's crossed his path would say the exact same thing, that he's just a super nice guy. He's he's the Jerry Seinfeld of DJs in the sense that he's been on TV and is very famous, but would prefer to just do what he does best. Right. Love it. Lo- <laughs> that's love That's my that. kind of shit. I love it. Um, and DJ Track, who was um, is a Jewish guy who um, worked with Kanye uh, mm-hmm. and did all the tours and stuff during, like... Like graduation era, Um, and you know he's a turntablist and just like an insane, insane turn. You know I love all that nineties, two thousand stuff. He he does things. He does things with those songs that inspire me immensely. And again, like I love stuff like what we do because I mean, to some level, you know, this is a podcast. You you have this art. You know, you're a good host. You, You interview well a dj there's comedy these things have a thousand kinds of good you know you know mm-hmm. when it's bad but there's a thousand kinds of good you know like you can go see you can be the best painter ever and go see a painter be like that's good you're not better than me but that's good you're really good at this you know mm-hmm. i love crafts that are you know that have open qualifiers and the yes. people that that changed the way I heard something because in those crafts, it doesn't humble you whenever you enjoy something. Cause you don't feel that like, damn, that podcast hit a mark. I didn't hit. You just think, Oh, that was a good note. You'll just keep it going. You right. Just keep it moving. <laughs> and, you'll, and you'll, you'll, like, you'll do whatever it is you do best. And you know, the combination of DJs that I listen to, it's always like, wow, I didn't think of that. And it's not, as humbling as it is inspiring. And I just think that that's why it's so fun for me.
0: Yes. I love that. Oh, one last question. And then I'll be out of your hair and you can get back to scratching or whatever you do in your free time with those (laughs) records. Uh, (laughs) I'm very curious. Okay. You being a DJ, Say I'm throwing a party, I'm hip, I'm young. What's in the Serato? What are like the top three songs mm. that you're for sure playing to get the party jumping? You know I'm from Texas. I don't know if that makes a difference. Oh, this okay. Album, but I just need an idea. Like what three songs are you playing for me right now in this day and age?
1: Okay. I I worked at Lamar University in Houston mm. a few, right before the pandemic. Wow. It may have been one of my best shows. I mean, those kids gave me a time. Okay. <laughs> um, and to be fair, my mother is also from Houston and I spent my oh, summers there. But so you um, already so know. I, I'm a little hip. I'm a little <laughs> hip. I want, I want, and here's the thing I, I'm hoping that my picks impress you because really, my go to i know i drop still tipping no matter what um Classic. it's one of my favorite songs of all time i know every single bar like <laughs> word for word um and oh when i think about i mean so the, today today if i'm doing a party i'm probably going to do a mix where you're going to hear still tipping mm-hmm. um and i mean i'm going to have to do some meg um and if i was going to just do like the best of my favorite Meg song is Girls in the Hood. So I'd figure out how to do something with that. Because I just think that song is amazing. I think yes, one of my favorites <laughs> in her. Yeah, I love that song. And that beat and the sample. Everything about that is amazing. Um, and then, you know, just for general purposes, I always, always try to drop Just Got Paid Friday Night by Johnny oh. Kemp. Just in general. Yeah, like, I mean, that that's not specific to Texas at all, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, that that really gets the people going. Uh, and getting the people going is like just the thing, right? Right. Because uh, cause one of those songs I might have subbed in, and I don't know if you remember this, but Black Street has sort of a bootleg song called The Booty Call Dance. Really? Um And it samples... Um, Boogie Shoes, the KC and Sunset. It kind of sounds like a cha-cha slide line dance kind of thing, but it's not. Really? Um, go, go on YouTube and look up Black Street Booty Call Dance. And there's two <laughs> versions, but the one that sounds like Boogie Shoes, listen to it and tell me that that isn't going to change any party. I mean, you could have never heard the song before and be like, oh, this is this is going to work. Yeah, that that's definitely one of those things. And I surprise people with it all the time now. So it's not a popular, you know, um, selection, but I think if you listen to it, you'll be like, oh, I completely understand why you said this.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. So you've already given us a three track start to get the party jumping. (laughs) And then you've already put me on to a song that I had no idea about.
1: You are yeah, please.
0: essentially Mr. B side for sure.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what that goes with. Cause I, I try to to keep you on with the B side of the stuff. Like there's a lot of hot shit on the B side. You're just not listening to. It. Oh
0: man. Okay, so drop your socials. Where can we find you? Where can we hear you? Where can we see you?
1: Literally, um, jdsilverthorn.com exists. So my whole name.com. That's if you're looking for a private event DJ, I've got a bunch of portfolio in there. And that website is my baby. Uh, if you get a chance look at it, it's, I, I created it a few years ago, and I love it. Um, at Mr. B-Side, that's M-I-S-T-E-R, the letter, not the letter, the letter B.
0: Why would it not <laughs> be the
1: letter B? Um, let me say this again. Um, Instagram, at Mr. B-Side, M-I-S-T-E-R, B-Side. Um, Twitter, same thing. Um, I don't do Facebook anymore. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. I'm low key with it, but I do post my, um, my, my sets and, and stops and really cool things. I travel a lot. So it's a bunch of pad thai and music based stuff.
0: Wow. Nice.
1: Yeah. you. I'm, I'm a find. I'm destined to find the best pad thai in the country. It's like something I'm trying to make happen. Every time I go to a new city, the first thing I do is try to find
0: the best pad thai. So very um, interesting. So you care you about that. It? Tell us.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. As of right now, I will tell you as it stands, it is little five points tie in Atlanta, Georgia. So if you're familiar and you are going to Atlanta, got a little five points tie. It's amazing.
0: Putting us on already.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. But thank you again for having me.
0: Yes, greatly appreciated for having you, a uh, talented producer, DJ, host, and of course, it's Tea with Tammy on all platforms, all streaming services, and tivatammy.com for more information on more projects to drop in the future. Thank you again, Mr. B-Side, and until next time, sip some tea.